Welcome to this sermon podcast from Myo Baptist Church, and thank you for listening to today's message. We pray that God's Word will be an encouragement to you and a reminder that the Bible has all the answers to living a successful and fulfilled life. Again, thanks for listening. We now join the service in progress. I forget the memory of it anyway, uh, but nevertheless, um, uh, you know, I, um, I, I went to this wedding, and uh, you know, as you typically do when you've got uh, people that get married, they're at the front there, and, they're, and they kiss, and then everybody takes and either does this with, the, uh, with their glass or whatever, does something to get the couple to kiss again, okay? And you have fun with that. Well, I'm over here, I'm sitting next to my brother-in-law, Aaron, and we're sitting there, and, and uh, it got to the point where uh, the glasses were no good anymore, and people would sit there and start pounding the table, and then a, a group way over there instead of Jim pounding the table, and then the couple would kiss. And then Aaron and I were over here, and we'd pound the table, and the couple would kiss. And then that side got a little bit more intense, and we got a little more intense. And I finally looked at Aaron at one point, and I said, hey, the next time we respond, you and I jump up on the table, and let's go like this, okay? And, I said, and he, he was, he's, like, he's, like, he's like, okay, okay, okay. So they all of a sudden, they went, a bunch of them over there. And I jumped up onto the table, and I went, and I realized I was the only one there. And I looked down at Aaron, hopped down. I said, I'm going to kill you. <laughs> I was embarrassed. And many of you are saying, well, you should be. How terrible. I know, I know. Um, and you're wondering, who do we have in front of us preaching this morning? Pray. Just pray. That's what pastor does every single day is pray. And, uh, you know, but really what went through my mind is after I, after I've, I have grown up, I don't, I don't get on tables at weddings anymore, just so you know that. Um, um, but uh, ever since that moment, you know, one, it, it thoroughly embarrassed me. And uh, I ha- as, as time has gone on and I've grown and hopefully growing more dignified in my response at weddings and so forth, um, I've always looked back and thought to myself, my father-in-law, he already was a little struggling with this wedding in the first place. And he probably was at this wedding, and when he saw that, <sighs> Karen, that boy is on a whole nother level. <laughs> And he didn't mean that in a good way, okay? He probably is wondering, what in the world? Well, I want to talk to you what it is beyond another level, but not that kind of level this morning, okay? I'm talking to dignify, growing in Christ on another level. And I want to ask you to take your Bible to turn to John chapter 21. John chapter 21. John chapter 21. This really, as I told you uh, on Wednesday night, those of you who are here, um, I look at my time, and it continues. My time continues. I don't know. It could be 10 more years. I have no idea. I, I put that in the Lord's hand. I have no interest of anything right now but preaching God's word here, discipling people. I love being here. Love Pastor and Sharon. And uh, I truly do feel like their son in so many ways. And we have a good time together. But I will tell you, one of the sweet things I've gained since I've been here is, one, a love for God's word. When I'm counseling people, helping people, seeing God's word unleashed has been tremendous. And it has been a rich blessing to me. But that didn't come without going through a ch- challenges, as it typically does. Typically, we don't just, I mean, it is, it's very rare you come across somebody who says, I just wanted to grow in the Lord since I was a little child. Every once in a while, you run into somebody like that. And praise God for those kind of people. But the reality is, many of us require a little bit more motivation. And for me, years and years of craziness and various other things in my life caught up with me. 
And I have dealt with physical difficulties over the last six, seven years. And I'm not going to try to explain it. That, that, that's not important here this morning. But the physical difficulties for me, from a guy, and you know how this is. You look at 20 people in their 20s and 30s, and they sit there and go, oh, I hurt today. And you're going, really? Really? Try being 50. Try being 60. Try being 70. Whatever the case. You're like, really? Okay? And so that's why, one, I'm not even going to share it all. But there's something that happens. And I've talked with many people who they say, yeah, when I entered into my latter 30s or early 40s, all of a sudden I began noticing this. And people are telling me, hang on there, wait till you get your 50s. And that may be, each stage of life brings its own challenges. I rented some challenges. And it's not just because I turned into my 40s. It's because of poor choices. And because of the way, ways of living that I, God was showing me, you got to get rid of this stuff. You got to get rid of this stuff because I want to use you. And so it took going through stretching and pain to bring me to a place of really loving God's word. And I don't know where you're at, but I know where this man right here in the book of John, chapter 21, and I want you to look at verse number 15. It says, so when they had dined, Jesus saith to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me more than these? He saith unto him, yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. He saith unto him, feed my lambs. He saith to him again the second time, Son, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? He saith unto him, Yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. He saith unto him, Feed my sheep. He saith unto him the third time. And I can just imagine there was probably more of a plea. Simon. It's almost like, Simon, stop. Think about what I'm asking you. Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? Peter was grieved because he said unto him the third time, lovest thou me? And he said unto him, Lord, thou knowest all things. Thou knowest that I love thee. Jesus saith unto him, feed my sheep. Now you've no doubt heard this passage before preached, but I want to focus on one particular aspect of this, and you'll see this throughout the time. But Jesus was talking to a man who had a higher estimation of his relationship with Jesus Christ than was really truly present. And I get that because when you look back at Matthew 6, 26, 33, it was Peter who said, ah, Lord, hold it. Though all men shall be offended because of thee, yet I will never be offended. Christ is thinking, Peter. Peter. And Christ warned Peter, you're going to deny me. But Peter wouldn't hear it. No, no. Uh, did not Christ at this present time have the right to ask, Peter, stop. You keep saying the right things. And I know there's a desire within, but you've got another battle there too. You've got something else going on. Christ was calling Peter to a whole nother level within these, this passage of Scripture. And we oftentimes look at this passage when we're trying to understand that, well, there's agape, agape when it comes to love, and there's phileo, and, and those are present. But I want to tell you, ultimately, we're looking at one thing here, and God's saying, Peter, I need you to get to another level. Not just simply saying, oh, I love you. Well, I do love you, and what I've learned about you and the things I do love. No, Peter, I need you to get to a whole nother level. As I mentioned on Wednesday night, we are often enamored with individuals who reach certain levels in sports. And we look at them and go, wow, <laughs> Michael Jordan, man, he's on a whole nother level. And we want to tune in because we want to see that take place. 
you know, we can look at various people over the time. Maybe you've got your favorite actor, and you go, man, my, the actor that I thoroughly enjoy watching and so forth, he or she's just on a whole nother level. You can just tell they get immersed in their character, and they do so well with it. We've got those people. Perhaps you've even got some people that work for you, or maybe other coworkers. You go, that person, man, they just, their skills, their skill set and everything on a whole nother level. But one, let me tell you something. One could say it is because of their skill. There's no doubt Michael Jordan was talented, and we can look at many other people uh, that we consider and go, wow, very skilled. But when you go looking at various people, you could also notice that they are truly committed. They've really decided, committed to something. And the level of commitment Christ was calling Peter to in this passage is so beyond human ability. But it is not beyond the work of Jesus Christ in one's heart. And that's exactly where Christ was heading with Peter. Um, Every human being can trust God as their Savior. There's no doubt about that, okay? And we might look at this and go, what what Christ was calling Peter to is... He's calling Peter to a level that, that's just impossible. That full commitment and, and, and to not succumb to, to peer pressure there around that fire and somebody's, oh, you're one of his. Oh, come on, that's just asking too much. Or maybe you're one who goes, shame on him. I would have stood strong when I was around that fire. I don't know about you, but I think most of us would have struggled when the possibility he knew, what does this mean? Does this mean they're going to kill me? These people want blood. These people want blood. The level of commitment that Christ is calling all of us to is going to one day be challenged in the same way Peter was challenged around that fire. It's already happening in other countries, and it's coming here. And can you withstand the pressure and be able, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Can you do that? Some may say, Man, growing to that level of commitment, everybody can, but not many do. Not many do. I I, I heard one author, one individual say one time, you can be as close to God as you want to be. So when it comes right down to it, if we're not growing to another level constantly, when it really comes down to it, James 4.8 says, draw nigh to God and he will draw nigh to you. It's not, I can't, it's you won't. There's a difference. And we, we teach that to our kids. Oh, don't tell me you can't make your bed. You just don't want to. Don't tell me you can't pull those, rake those leaves. It's not because you can't. You just don't want to. We teach that. Well, God's looking at us as adults as well and teenagers and college students in this room and saying, you know what? Do you want it? Where do you think you're at here this morning? Better yet, wouldn't it be better just to pray and ask and not simply ask yourself, where am I at? Where am I at? But simply go, Lord, search me, O God, and know my heart. Show me the truth about myself. Peter failed. His zeal was not in question. I think we would all say, man, Peter was very zealous. He was a very zealous guy. I really like it. I can tend to be the, I'm the Peter type. And I've always looked at it and go, I think my wife is like the Paul type, Okay. And, and, and me as the Peter type, it's just kind of like, oh, will God ever get control of that young man's mouth? Peter was just constantly impetuous, doing different things, and he had to get moving in a direction that God could use him. There are a lot of people in here right now, you have a lot of zeal. I'm one. I w- I've, I've always had a lot of zeal. But Peter here is on a journey, as we all are, 
to get self out of the heart and de- devotion to God into it so that zeal can be, challenged, can be channeled to being used of God. That journey must be a journey through the word of God, asking God, God, show me yourself. Get into my heart and show, the, show me the truth about yourself. We're going to be coming back to this passage in just a moment, but I want you to see this character and this storyline is unfolding. But I want you to turn over to Psalm 119. Psalm 119. I have been doing my devotion time in Psalm 119. I have a book, uh, Counseling from Psalm 119. And um, it's a great book that helps me uh, to learn how to use the Psalms to counsel people. Oftentimes, counselors can tend to use more of uh, the New Testament. But Psalm 119 is a special, special uh, book of the Bible that uh, really, uh, when I've gone through this study, uh, has really developed more and more of just taking the love for God that, I, that I'm, I'm growing and having more of the love of his word, and it's really just feeding it and feeding it more and more and more. Uh, but I want you to see something here. Now, the, the, the psalmist here for Psalm 119, um, once again, he's on another level. He's on another level. And uh, um, I, a lot of people say it might be David, and there's other possibilities as well, and that's really not important here this morning. But what I want you to see here in Psalm 119 is over and over, over again, the psalmist here in Psalm 119 is, is repeating prayer requests, asking God for certain things. And, and we see this over and over and over again, how he is doing this. In Psalm 119, well, I'm not going to go through each of the verses here necessarily, uh, but, but he's ultimately saying, teach me. He's saying, teach me. Uh, I, I want to meditate on your precepts. Uh, help me to understand. We're leading up here uh, eventually to verse number uh, 40, 41 in that direction over there. But all the way leading up unto that, you know, uh, make me to understand in verse 27. Uh, make me to go thy path. Make me to go thy path is what he's, what he's telling us to do. Uh, the psalmist is praying for God to help him do. Incline my heart. We see those words in this thing. In verse 36, incline my heart. Turn away my eyes from beholding empty things. It also says in verse 37, quicken me. There is a begging going on. And where does this begging come from? The same begging when a boy finally decides, or a girl for that matter, but when I came home and, man, I want to be a better basketball player. So I came home and said, Dad, I want to be a better basketball player. How do I do this? And then my dad would always tell me the story of Larry Bird. And how much time he spent in the gym and how much time he spent shooting and how much. And Jamie, Jamie you got to commit yourself to it. You got to go after it ultimately is what he was telling me. And so I go outside. It didn't matter if it was snowing. It didn't matter what. I'd shoot with gloves on. Glo- it didn't matter. Rain didn't matter. I was constantly in on the basketball court at our house shooting, 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 shooting. Okay? Which is why I became such a phenomenal basketball player. Okay? Thank you, Bill. Thank you, Bob. Appreciate it. All right. And, uh, and I, I just never done it here because I, I, you know, I'm trying to humble myself. So that's why I haven't played a little whole lot here. So, um, <laughs> I have no, I have no doubt when you look at these prayer requests from Psalm 119, dealing with the aspect of teach me, help me to understand, make me to go on thy path. I have no doubt this was the prayer of Peter's heart. I mean, after all, he's, he's still following Jesus even after he failed. Have you ever failed? You're like, boy, have I ever failed. Me too, lots of times. And yet we look at David, failed numerous times, and yet God looks at him, what does he call him? A man after my own heart. It's not about falling. It's about are you going to get back up. It's about getting back up in the power of God and saying, God, can you use me? 
And that's what I thought years ago. I thought God could never use me again. And then God began to call me into ministry. And, and so you may be sitting there going, but I have failed. So did Peter. So did David. So did Samson. So did many others. And at different points in time, even Samson, at the very latter end, God is able to use him. But I want you to take note of something here. When we look back on John chapter 21 and Peter, consider the gentle approach Christ took to teach him. I look back at that. that. How many of us would write the script like that? How many of us would write the script? What's up with you, man? Why didn't you do it? You, you denied me. What is your problem? No, Christ didn't do that. Darren, do you love me? There is an indirect type of teaching going on here. He's not calling out, I know what you did, Bruce. I saw what you did. And that's how we can easily respond to each other, to our kids. I saw what you did. I know what you meant by it. Now, there's no doubt Christ could call that out because he knows all things. But that's not the attitude Christ has in this passage. You can see a gentleness from our Christ because he knows Peter's heart. And he's gently, Peter, do you love me? Do you think that was the full question? Yes, it is the full question, but it goes so much deeper. And Peter's got to take that question and take it deeper than that. And Christ trusts that Peter's going to do that. He believes. Just as Christ was praying there in John, he says, I'm going to pray that your faith not fail. You've come into this world. I'm going to pray for all of you that you can overcome this world. And in me, you can. But I'm going to pray that your faith not fail. There's no doubt he's praying, Peter, I'm going to challenge you here right now. I'm not going to go in specifics because I don't need to because I believe you want to walk with me. I believe that you want to understand. I believe that you want to go down my path. I believe you want to incline your heart to me. I believe, how do we know this? Because in John chapter 21, he not only goes through this gentle questioning, allowing it to pierce his heart, to humble Peter. Peter begins to go into question, who's going to choose the new disciple? And he gives Peter instruction, and Peter submits. That says... There's a heart inclined to his Savior. Peter goes, okay. Okay. And he accepts that. And he steps back. When you consider the gentle approach of Christ dealing with Peter, we think about the fact that obviously Peter had a teachable spirit. What is that teachable spirit? We just mentioned it. Somebody who says, Lord, teach me. Help me to understand. Make me to go down the path. I know what I'm inclined to, but please incline my heart in this direction instead. Turn away my eyes from beholding empty things. Obviously, the psalmist is saying, I know my temptation to look at the wrong things. Help it to go this way. Oh, please quicken me. I want to experience what it is to walk in newness of life. In Christ's approach with Peter, you can definitely see the Lord's mercy. You can see it. This encounter of love and mercy from the Lord was used as a stepping stone by Peter. And we don't have time necessarily to to turn there, but I want you to keep in mind, how was it used as a stepping stone? Well, many of you know the story because chapter 21, where we're talking about here, is the very end of John, and you hop into the book of Acts. And we're talking just 21 verses later, in the book of Acts, 
He's a spiritual leader leading the group. Okay, let's follow the Lord's instruction and let's choose a new disciple. Let's go through these steps here. We're not to deal with judging any, anybody, anything. Let's move forward. And a short while later after that, God takes that same mouth that denied him and he preaches that great sermon at Pentecost. I don't know about you, but when I look at that, I go, Lord, you can use me. You can use me. When we look at Psalm 119 and this psalmist prayerfully asking God, Lord, verse 38, establish thy word in me. We move down. Look at verse 39. Turn away my reproach, which I fear, for thy judgments are good. Behold, I have longed after thy precepts. Quicken me in thy righteousness. Let thy mercies come also unto me, O Lord, even thy salvation according to thy word. So shall I have, I have there wherewith to answer him that reproaches me. So this person is choosing to be taught, to understand, to go down the path, to incline their ear, their heart to God, to turn away from beholding empty things. And when you do that, expect attack. When you go down, people are going to question you. The world's going to challenge you. Even good friends, especially when you enter a trial. Because even in the midst of a trial, as I was even studying this morning, even in the midst of a trial, we find ourselves going, God, are you there? God, are you there? Are you, what I'm dealing with right now, the feelings are so strong, they're overpowering facts, and those facts lead to my faith. And Lord, I'm struggling. I mean, what kind of friends does Job have that they're coming and at first, well, it must be this or it must be that, and eventually they're going, ah, oh, and they're not helpful. And yet the psalmist is saying, hey, I've got, I, he, the psalmist may have friends who are even starting to question things, or, or there's the enemy without, but all I know is we can see here that there's a type of reproach coming in his direction, and he's wanting to respond rightly to it. So he's saying, Lord, let thy mercies, in verse 41, come also unto me, O Lord, even thy salvation according to thy word. So shall, so shall I have wherewith to answer him that reproacheth me. I want you to notice here, the psalmist with this teachable spirit or a longing to be changed. That's what a teachable spirit is. I long to be changed. He says, I want to experience greater depths of your mercy and grace because I need it right now. I've been dealing with, I've been under this trial, I've been under this problem, I've been under this challenge for a long time. I want to go to another level. I want to be able to bear up underneath this pressure right now. I need greater depths of your mercy and grace. We see that in in verse number 41. And in verse 42, because I want to be able to give a confident answer. That's what we see there. So shall I wherewith to be able to answer him that reproaches me. For I trust in thy word. Increase my trust. Increase my faith through this challenge. Take me to another level. Take me to another level. You can't get to another level unless you take what you're in right now and use it as a stepping stone rather than a stumbling block. If you allow that to be a stumbling block to yourself, you'll never get to experience the joy and peace that comes to people who are on another level. And there's no doubt every church has them. You think about this church here. We can sit in our office sometimes and go, okay, who are, some, who are some godly spiritual people we know within our church? They're not perfect people. But they're people that we know are on another level. You know who they are. If you were going through a difficult time and you needed somebody to pray, you got people, well, why don't you go talk to that person? No, and you're going over this direction. 
Why don't you go, no, 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 go over that direction? It's because everybody in here, you know people in this congregation who are on another level in their spiritual walk. And you know that when you go talk to them, it won't be full of a, of a bunch of air, but it will really be something that you can continue to build your spiritual life on. It will be sharp. It may be sharp even. Iron sharpeneth iron. But you know it will be, that it will be done in love and it will be a good thing. Isn't it great when you're going through challenges? I think about Deb Gussler. To be able to go in and there's a bunch of food there provided by our church. She speaks of our church to her family when she has opportunity, but it's great to have the act of love right there in front and she can confidently come in and go, that's my church. Isn't it great when you get to know God on such a level that no matter what anybody says to you, no matter what negative thing is said, no matter what kind of pressure you feel from without, you go, I'm not moving. <laughs> How can I move? I know what God hath done within my heart. I know what God is doing within my heart through his word. I know what his word can do. There ain't a single soul in this congregation that's going to move me from God's word. I know what God's word has done for this young man. I want another level. Do you want another level? God does not take us to another level by force. Chong, you're coming with me. He doesn't do that. He does not take you by force. He brings problems into your life, allows them to come, to perhaps bring you to a place of humility so that you'll see your need for another level. But he doesn't take you by force. He wants our heart to go willingly, which is exactly how he approached Peter here. Peter, put your name in there. Do you love me? Do you love me more than your job? See, early on in this this passage of Scripture, Peter was returning to some fishing. He loved fishing. And he needed to get away for a time. When you look in John chapter 21, he's wanting to return to some fishing, but the fishing excursion didn't go so well. And then Christ comes out there. Peter, send your net. But it, it, send him. He is trying to bring Peter to a place. Peter, I got some great things you're going to do. But I also want you to know you're going to die for my sake. Get ready for it. Does that scare you? A lot of times people sit there and go, you're asking for another level. You're asking for me to pray to God for patience. You're asking for me to pray to God, Lord, whatever you've got to do. Oh, be careful. We have some great gospel songs that talk about that very fact. Whatever it takes or how my heart breaks. We sing it, but do we really mean it? No, nobody looks and goes, I want another level, but I really don't want the pain and suffering that goes along with going to another level. I get it. I understand that. And years ago, I had a mentor of mine who said, will you ever get to the place where you value Christ-likeness more than any other thing? There is great peace and joy that comes to those who keep reaching for another level. And you get to experience something special. You know, 
over the last several years, and you've heard me preach on it before, I, when I was going through some physical difficulties and so forth, I had several times where I was offered, hey, want some medication here to help, help you with that situation? I said, not yet, not yet, not yet. And, and it was challenging. Some of those situations brought me to great tears over and over and over again. And there's a time, sometimes you have no choice. Sometimes you have no choice, but I, am a, I implore you. You know, you've heard me preach this before. I implore you, don't immediately, don't immediately go to some other coping method. Instead, say, God, take me to another level. I was just telling somebody this morning, I used to have lots of ulcers. Used to have a lot of them because of the way I lived. And I knew that God was showing me, okay, yeah, go take this, go take some of this stuff here, and this will help with it. But I knew that, you know, I got to quit doing the thing that's causing the ulcers. I need to grow in Christ. I need to quit. I need to learn to cast my cares upon him. I need to quit living in these certain particular ways. And it took time. It took several years of spiritually growing and, and everything to get to the place where it's like, it's gone. It's, it, it's healed over. And now I just got to keep practicing my faith. I got to keep reaching for another level. My prayer, I wish there was a way, trust me, in counseling and everything else and preaching. Pastor and I would love to go, man, I just love everybody. Just go, I want it, I want it, I want it. Only some in here will go, yeah, I want another level. I want another level in my Christian walk. I want to use it as a stepping stone. I want God to use me. And I pray that, like I said, I pray that everybody in here would do that. But the reality is that's not going to take place. Some will be pricked. Others will maybe talk it away. Don't talk it away. Living on another level is a reward in so many ways. And I have found when I dive into Psalm 119, it's helping me really see what I need to be praying for on a daily basis. Are you reaching for another level? I pray that you are. Because then you're going to find peace and joy like you've never experienced it before. Every head bowed and every eye closed, no one looking around.